0: All right, I've been thinking. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give some lemons. Do you know who I am? Welcome to the One Broken Cog podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts.
1: One Broken Cog podcast back again for another amazing episode. You know, I've heard consistently that change only happens when the pain is greater than the fear of change itself. Now, Winston Churchill once said, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. And we all know that when a decision for courage is made, your life will absolutely change. Now, my special guest today helps people tap into their courage and live the life they've always dreamed of. Now, who I'm referring to? is none other than Ken D. Foster. Ken has coached and mentored hundreds of CEOs, entrepreneurs, executives, and senior professionals to take the courageous path, release their limitations, and free their spirit to bring in harmony, success, and bottom line results to their businesses and lives. Now, Ken is a keynote speaker, business strategist, and syndicated radio host of the Voices of Courage show heard in more than 162 countries. The best-selling author of seven books, he's been featured in hundreds of radio shows, webinars, and TV networks, as well as on the cover of Triathlon Magazine and many other publications. Now, he's also redefining courage and helping change makers share their work on the world stage. Kendi Foster, it's great to have you today. Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast.
0: Brian, I'm so glad to be here today with you, and uh, courage is something that we really need in this country right now, so I'm glad we're talking about it.
1: I'm telling you, it's it's, it's needed like you wouldn't believe, but I got to tell you, I don't know if I'll ever find the courage to compete in a triathlon. Let me just say that.
0: Well, that's something that uh, just like building a business, you you know, you build your body to get to the point where you can uh, compete at that level. So, just uh, you know, for me, it, I started late in life doing uh, triathlons. I was a marathon runner. I did that for a little while, and I learned you know bike riding. And then I, I when I was early on, I was a swimmer. I loved to compete in high school and, and that type of thing, but. Uh, so, you know, I just put them all together eventually and then found uh, the key. The key to me uh, in being in triathlons is I found a mentor. Uh, I'm a firm believer in putting around teams around me to teach me what I need to, to uh, learn. And I found a mentor who was a two-time national triathlon championship. His name is Scott Ensley, And Scott uh, and I became friends, and he's trained me on every aspect of that sport. So that's that's kind of how I got it. So, again, it's, you know, we set intention, we decide what we're going to do, we build it out, keep building, 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 fail forward many, many times, many failures through this process. But in the end, you know, we have some wonderful uh, experiences uh, if we're willing to do what it takes. We have the courage to step out of our comfort zone and do the things that we believe we can't do that's where that's actually where courage comes from Brian it's it's uh you know we all have it it's a latent it's latent within us but there's that place where we start to uh develop the courage courage is like a muscle right I mean you know I'm I'm kind of courage guy I wrote a wrote a book out there which you'll probably talk about later it's courage to change everything yes and uh you know the courage is a muscle we got to build it so we'll be talking about that today
1: no, absolutely. I agree. It's, uh, I may have to live vicariously through you, though, as far as the triathlon goes. I, mean, you know, I remember years ago, I actually mustered up the courage to train in submission grappling. And it's called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I came in just with this great – people would tell me, man, you have such a great attitude because most people, when they go into something like that, they get so frustrated – when they make mistakes or they fall into the wrong pattern of movement uh, or they get too tired cause they haven't really prepared themselves and they really don't understand what it takes to, to get involved in something like that. But yeah, a lot of it is mental attitude is toughness. It's resiliency. It's, it's all of those things. Those things are very tough to teach. Ken. Um, and before I get into change and courage, which are such great topics, I would love to hear about your journey into the transformation business. You have a, such a compelling story. I uh, would love to share with the audience how you came to be the positive agent of change you are today.
0: Well, I can assure you I wasn't always the positive agent of change uh, in my younger years. <clears throat> what I was was a confused kid that didn't really know what he wanted to do or who he was going to become, actually, probably up to the age of uh, my early 40s and at that time you know i i had uh had a, a lot of jobs that i had and i and i lost a lot of jobs i was i was not uh you know i didn't know what was going on something was going on and i was discouraged i was uh, going down a path that uh, was really dark for a while and i was in therapy for a while and um uh, for about a year and then i had this therapist that uh, was just a great guy he was a uh, I remember walking in, he had these steel blue eyes, he had this, you know, silver hair, he looked like a Freudian kind of character or a, a, a Jungian, a kind of old psychologist, right? I, um, I walked in one day and I said to him, you know, Doc, I've been hearing this voice. And he said, well, what, what kind of voice you hear? And I said, well, I said, this voice is telling me I need to feel the pain to make the change. And uh, the doctor looked at me and he says, well, what does that mean to you? He says, well, I, you know, I've been kind of chasing everything that uh, uh, is fun and happy, you know, and he looked at me and he, and he said, well, I think, Ken, you need to follow that voice. And he said, I can't help you anymore. You need to follow that voice. So I walked out of his office. And I'm like, "Whoa, what the heck? Brian, I mean, is this guy crazy? I'm going in to see him because, you know, I need therapy. I'm hearing all these weird negative things in my head, and he's telling me to follow his voice. But, you know, that was the voice of courage. And I I did follow that voice, and I started to learn what what it meant and what it really means for all of us. It's like if we're trying to chase the easy way in life, that everything is easy, we're probably – Going down the, the wrong path. In fact, a lot of people, you know, we live in duality. We live in light and dark and good and bad and, you know, and up and down and uh, sideways and, and, you know, forward and back. Whatever. We live in duality. So if somebody's trying to cut off half a duality, right, we don't want to feel the pain. We just want to have the good stuff. You know, that's all we want. What happens is we end up in a dark place. We end up realizing that even though we have all these aspirations and dreams and goals that we want to accomplish, because we're only willing to do so much, we're not willing to do what's kind of painful, then we get stuck. You know, think about me riding a triathlon and learning that sport, right? In the beginning, it was, I, I remember my first 25 mile bike ride, I threw up several times on that. I was sick, it was hard. But you know, I got back on the bike. And I realized today that as long as you're getting back on your bike, whatever that is for you, and you keep doing it time and time again, it's going to move you in the right direction. There's another piece to that, Brian, I want to say this. Um, I have a practice called introspection, and I do it every single day. So, uh, and, and by the way, I'm telling you this, because it's not something that like I made up or I learned, I got this from my mentors. My mentors are individuals that are self-realized, that are the top of their fields in in business, in in personal development, in uh, uh, health and fitness. These are the top of the top. So I'm going to tell you what they told me to do. They said, listen, every day, at the end of the day, sit down and write out what's working in your life, what's not working in your life, and what can you improve tomorrow. That little tip, for me, changed everything. Because now I have, you know, you can't change what you can't acknowledge. So, but if you can acknowledge it to yourself, dispassionately, not with a bunch of drama, and oh my God, look at how terrible I am, and how horrible i never get there. Not that kind of energy. Just notice, okay. Here's what I'm tolerating right now. I'm tolerating not have the relationship I want. I'm tolerating not have the revenues and business they I want. I'm tolerating not saving enough money. I'm tolerating being debt. I'm tolerating not feeling good about myself. You start to realize, okay, if this is what I'm tolerating, this is out picturing in my life. This is why my life is the way it is because I have decided it's okay for this to be in my life. So as soon as you go, enough, enough of that. I'm sick and tired of being in that place. I will do whatever it takes. I will feel the pain to make the change. That's when everything changes. So every single day, you look at what's working, what's not working, and working, you change. And your life will get better and better, just like mine did.
1: Definitely. The juice was worth the squeeze in the end. What about people that would say that instead of being tolerant, it's more contentment? Like these people are content in every situation. As an example, I've heard people say, you know, I'm blessed to be in this situation. This is the most that I can ask for, that I'm accepting that. What do you say to that person to get inside their mind to say there's more than this? You can do better than this.
0: Well, I, I would probably ask him a question, you know, so I'm, I'm content. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Well, it might be in that moment, and that's great. But then I'd probably ask him, you know, if you were courageous, what would you do next? If you were courageous, what are the three steps you would take to do, do, to, to do your dream? What's that one dream that you might have that you just kind of said, nah, it's not going to happen for me? But you really, in your heart of hearts, know that's something you really want. Well, you know, I, I believe this. God never gave me a dream, at least, and, and probably didn't give you a dream, Brian. That wasn't to, something for you to bring out and, and manifest in this world. Um, you know, There's so many dreams that are out there, but your specific dream, whatever that one is so important to you, maybe it's traveling to Bora- Bora, maybe it's climbing the Himalayan mountains, maybe it's writing a book, maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's just having more peace and comfort in your life. life is a quest. That's what i found. I've got some experience now. Life is a quest. So you're not going to get it all in the, in the moment. I remember when I was working on uh, being more content and having more peace in my life, I, I, was, I was noticing I'd get upset a lot, right? Get angry. Get pissed off. It's like, I don't want to bring that in. I don't want to leave that legacy for my family. And so I, I committed to it. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this no matter what. And right about uh, two weeks later, a book came into my, my world. It was called Anger by Fitch Nodhan. And he defined for me the cause and cure of anger. He said, the cause is you're afraid that you're going to lose what you have or you're afraid you're not going to get what you want. And I thought, wow, is that true? So I tested it. And then I started to understand it. And I started to apply it in my life. And I started to create a pause before I said anything in my life, right? Because I tuned into that. What happened next is through work, through some deep realizations, I changed that completely in my life. It's not there. That energy is not there anymore. I changed. And as a result of me changing, guess what happened? Everything around me changed. Like the people around me weren't even the same people. It's bizarre, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's absolutely what happens. So
1: that's very profound, I'll tell you. And it, sometimes it comes down, like you said, with the anger, which is an amazing uh, piece of advice. It comes down to control, right? And sometimes when we can't control our environment, you know, the anger leaks out. And of course, that is because we're not getting what we want, or we can't, uh, you know,
0: Even control our air.
1: emotions. What do you think? Now, I know you've worked with a lot of businesses and a lot of individuals at a very high level. Where do you see businesses struggle with the most, in your view? What's that? What's that Achilles' heel?
0: Um, it's always an inside game. Okay, so uh, you know it. It might picture out in business that we have turnover, or it might be um, we have our revenues are, are down this month, or they have been going in a downward slide, or we um, we just got somebody that's upsetting the the apple cart in one of our departments, or there's somebody that uh, you know thinks we should. Uh, cut, uh, sell one of these departments, or or fire our employees. It's but you know it always looks like it's something outside the owner's realm. But what I found is time and time again, it's like again that toleration process. Okay, so why what why are you tolerating the turnover? I, I I'll tell you a, a story. I had one company came to me, and it was a, a, a construction company, and the owner said. Um, I asked him how, you know, how's your turnover? He says, well, we have about a hundred percent turnover. And I said, no, nobody has a hundred percent turnover. You're there, (laughs) you don't turn (laughs) over. He said, okay, (laughs) 99.9%. And I said, well, okay, Um, have you uh, thought about changing it? No, this industry, everybody's that way. Everybody, so that always happens, right? You think that, you know, it's what's going on to you is happening to the world. And I said to him, I said, well, that's that's not true. I have other companies just like yours that their their uh, turnover rates less than thirty percent a year, even though they're they're uh, construction workers and people that do change their jobs and stuff. He said, really? I said, yeah. I said, how'd you like to get there? And he, you know, first I had to fight his his demons, right? The demons are the de- the you know his beliefs that say I can't. This this is impossible for my industry. Anyway, long story short. I worked with him for a couple of years on this and his turnover rate is now somewhere around 10% in an industry that this average is probably more like
1: 30%. That's amazing. Great results there. And uh, yeah, you shattered the expectation or the assumption, right? That everybody else is doing it that way. So I might as well just, follow suit and accept failure but I, uh, I
0: don't know if I answered your question specifically but I want to but my point was is that it's an inside job we have to look at what's going on with us our limitations that we've placed on our own thinking and as a direct result of that it's out picturing in our businesses in the people we manage in the people that are are reporting to us you know, everything is out picturing as a result of our beliefs. So if you can change your thinking, you can change your beliefs, you can open up to see things that are unseeable, know things that are, seem to be unknowable, you can start to do the impossible.
1: No, absolutely. And it really benefits everyone from the top down. Here's a quick question for you, Ken. You know, businesses, they're always talking about uh, employees' unwillingness to change. And in the hiring process, I know they have instituted a lot of personality assessments to see if this is something in their DNA. It's just the way they're, it's the way they're made, whether that be Myers Briggs or Business DNA. It really shows, uh, it reflects how people make decisions, how they view a problem, how they operate under pressure, things like that. Now, if somebody hires based on that, do you think there is an opening or an opportunity for a business owner to actually change that person? Is there? Is there? an opportunity for you to come in or somebody to come in there and actually change that person or is it hardwired in their DNA? And it's almost impossible to move them off of that.
0: Well, business is always, always looking to change people and sure people can change, but here's the, here's the thing, um, especially with hiring and organizations, um, you know, I think the organizations that are the most successful is, first of all, they look at the values. So, they have questions that can uh, really align. Does that individual align with the values of our organization? That and, and you know, the values that we hold dear and near. All right. Now, somebody can fake that to a certain extent, but, um, and I think a lot of personality profile stuff, you can you can fake it, but there are specific questions that I teach business owners to ask that gets to the core of their values. So that's the values. Next part, of course, is experience. Do they have the right experience? A lot of times business owners settle for, uh, you know, they're desperate. Desperate people make desperate decisions. So I teach people how to get really clear and really um, uh, detailed in there in what the experience is that they want with somebody. And the third level of that is then – uh, does this personality have the right values, the right experience, and will they fit, fit into the culture that we have? Um, and part of the culture with the businesses that I work is a learning culture. So you ask, you know, will people learn and grow and, and develop? Well, if, they're, if they don't have that value, they, no, they're not going to. And you know, people, businesses try to coerce them all the time. Well, you know, you're going to have quarterly reports. You know, you don't do the right thing. We're going to step you up. We're going to create pain, and you know, as a uh, a measure so that you do what we want you to do. But I, I say that that's really going down. That's the old way of management. It's the old way of uh, working with individuals. Again, you want to find somebody that line with your values, align with your your uh, experience requirements, and also align with culture. If you can do that. Then, what's going to happen is you're going to have employees that love you and that want to stay with you.
1: And yeah, they want to win for you as well, right?
0: Absolutely. They want to win for you. They, they you know, everybody, listen, who doesn't want to uh, really see the company they're, work, they're working with prosper? If you don't, then you're probably in the wrong company. And you're, the reason you wouldn't is because your values don't align with that company. Okay. Maybe you started out aligning with your values. You know, this is a great company. They aligned with, you know, my value of, you know, um, uh, health and, you know, family or, you know, creating wealth or whatever your values are. <clears throat> but now they've shifted. Well, that's just a call for you to go, all right, it's time for me to grow. I've got to step up and do something differently. And a lot of people don't. Why don't they, Brian? It really comes down to fear. So what's the opposite of fear? It's not necessarily faith, it's courage, right? We have to have the courage to step into our own unknown parts of ourselves, and maybe an unknown job. We have to have the the courage to be able to step into the unknown and a lot of people wanna feel comfortable. So if you're in your comfort zone, you're probably not growing. But if if you step yourself into the uncomfortable zone and become comfortable in being uncomfortable, then you're not only growing, you're expanding and your life is getting richer and richer. That's where we want to go.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you always look at those. I was watching something last night about fear and you know, the two types of fear, fear of failure and you know, the type of fear that's healthy where it's hey, I'm afraid of fire because I don't want to get burned. And it's you know, that fear is innate inside of you because it protects you. But the other fear of failure is just it's an internal mechanism and it is a reaction, right? It encourages a decision. What do you think about people that say, listen, I just can't change because I'm old, I'm stuck in my ways or it's just in me. Do you think that's a convenient excuse or do you think it's because they don't have that courage and they are fearful people?
0: Well, I, if somebody says, I can't change, I just, you know, I believe them. I say, you're, you're right. Okay, you can't change because <laughs> if that's what you're telling yourself, that's what you're telling your mind, you're, you're right. You will stay exactly the same way. But I would ask, you know, but if you could change, you know, how would your life be different? You know, I'd like to connect with them, you know, and, and you know, is, is there any reason to change for this person, Right. I mean, listen, you know, people don't even a lot of times change for themselves, but they change for their families. They change for um, their creator. They change for their, their you know, sons or daughters, right? You know, you can't. Sometimes you don't do it for yourself. You do it for someone else, and that's what motivates somebody to, to move in that direction. So I'm always asking people in my business, you know, so list out... 10 reasons why it might be important for you to change, right? And maybe it's not. I don't know. I can't, you know, I'm not here to judge somebody what's right or wrong or working in their life, but we're, (laughs) all of us have a conscious and all of us have a soul and all of us realize, you know, when we start to peel off the layers of fear and worry and concern and what other people are going to think, all of a sudden we get down that core and we realize, you know what, it might be it might be best for me to start making those changes I need to make. Um, By the way, Brian, one of the things that stops so many people from change is that last one I said, it's the uh, worry of what other people will think or say. But I I would submit that, you know, if you're, you're doing the same, if you're stuck a little bit and you're doing the same thing a year from now, what are you going to be saying to yourself? I think that's really important because if you get that, you know what, I'm, I'm done being stuck. There's more inside of me than I've ever given a credit. In fact, by the way, for any of you listening, um, you know, in your little pinky uh, finger, there's more atoms in there. You know, if you split those atoms, you'd line up the whole United States, okay? So you've got a lot of power inside there. So us playing small and shrinking back doesn't really serve anybody. In fact, in this day and age right now, Brian, where we are, it is, you know, we're all being called to be courageous. We are all being called to let go of judging everything we need to judge here, okay? And stepping into that place where, okay, I'm not gonna judge it anymore. I'm gonna go do something about it, okay? I don't like what the politicians are doing. I'm gonna go do something about it. I don't think masks I should wear. I'm gonna go do something about it. Or the other side, I think everybody should wear a mask. Great, go do something about it, right? But don't sit around and talk about it and judge it. That gets nobody
1: nowhere. Exactly. No, I'm always a big proponent of being a doer and not being a talker, right? Actually identifying the problem and going out there and actually trying to fix it. I I totally agree with that. What do you think about, you know, you mentioned something earlier, this very point, I remember reading in your book as well, expanding your potential scientifically. That's so interesting. And I would love for you just at a high level, talk about what that is. And of course, they can always read about that in your book, but maybe explain what that means, expanding your potential scientifically.
0: Well, Back in uh, uh, 1999, I was working for a guy by the name of Tony Robbins. And Tony had me come up to his office one day, and uh, he was late. And I was sitting there looking at his library, and I saw all these books. I asked myself the question, where does Tony get all this information? If you don't know who Tony Robbins is, he's one of the – uh, personal development gurus of our time. I mean, you can just Google them, Tony Robbins. But anyway, I was looking there. I said, where does Tony get all this information? And you know, and I saw this maybe 10, 15 books on, all written from a guy by the name of Paramahansa Yogananda. I thought, that's interesting. What is this? So about a week later, I ended up um, at a garage sale and somebody was selling Paramahansa Yogananda books. I could buy the whole collection for like 25 bucks. It it's like maybe three, dollars $400 worth of books. I was like, wow, that's cool. And what I did was I started learning what's a subject to me at that time, which was very esoteric, like who am I? What am I about? Um, how can I start to self-realize in, in greater ways and expand my receptivity and expand my potential? And these books had a lot of suggestions on how to do that. I thought that's really cool. And you know, one one, I'll tell you another quick story about that. Um, so I, I started reading the Following That Path because I realized that meditation and yoga was my path. That was my path. And learning the specific scientific techniques on how to go deep in meditation. Not necessarily for me, some white guy that's here teaching it in the United States, but go to the source where this stuff came from and learn from the masters. That's always been my secret to my success I always learn from the ones that have uh, demonstrated what I wanted in their lives already. So I learned from them. And uh, you know, when uh, I came, you know, Stephen Jobs, the uh, founder of Apple Computer, uh, he make his transition, he controlled basically his, his memorial service, right? He, he was the guy that liked to control everything. And so the, they came, he made his transition, and they had the memorial service. And he gave everybody a, a brown box. And inside that box was the, uh, was the book from Paramahansa Yogananda. And uh, it was called Autobiography of a Yogi. So I thought, what is Stephen's last message to everybody? Well, it was simple. It was self realize Self-realize, okay. That is the scientific method to transform everything we have in our world. So anyway, that that path for me is um, the path. I followed that path because it was build a scientific. I thought, well, if it's build a scientific, then I should be able to repeatable, and I should be able to experience what I want, and others should be experiencing that. And I have to tell you after several years uh, of 22 couple decades of following that every every dream everything that i've wanted has really manifested as a direct result of being able to still the mind have scientific techniques to go deep into cosmic consciousness and then bring back what what i needed whether it be the wisdom to make the right choice on my uh on uh on something i'm doing with my grandson or my wife Or the wisdom to understand what the next level is business or even that wisdom, that intuitive wisdom to help another person
1: in their business or their life. That's great. So theme of the day, courage and change. Right. And I I agree with you. Many times you have to, you know, look at a business owner or you know a business professional, whoever you're talking to, entrepreneur, and really uh, get to the heart of the matter. You know, as far as what has prevented change, why it's not happening, and what happens if we continue to that path. It's asking those questions and it's coming to that realization because you and I both know life happens so quickly. I mean, this whole, like you mentioned, the coronavirus happened and people had to change just out of necessity. It was an immediate thing. And people realize, hey, this is not comfortable for me, but it's not that bad. I'm surviving. I'm adapting. I'm even winning sometimes. right?" So when you look at people and you say, what's your specific situation? How did you get there? What led up to it? What's the impact of that? And what happens if we continue down this path? Many people, they, they focus on short-term, not long-term, You know, micro, not macro. And when you bring up the fact that here's how it impacts you, but it also impacts everybody else, and if we do something about it right now, it's, it's, I always like to say, short-term pain, long-term gain. And you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, stepping out of your comfort zone, we really learn about ourselves. Now, are we going to be successful at everything? Probably not, but it's not as bad as we thought it would be. And you're going to find out a lot about yourself as far as growth, potential, and, and winning in areas we never thought we could because society lies to us. And you're right. It's a big Achilles heel. People always worrying about somebody else. I know John Wooden once said that the biggest mistake that organizations make is that we have everybody compete against each other. We should be competing just against ourselves because I can't be you, you can't be me, but I can be the best version of me that I can be, and that's a good thing, right? It may never get to the level of you, but it's still a great thing. So I totally agree with that. I totally agree. And any any words of wisdom, any last bit of information you'd like for our audience to know uh, before we wrap up?
0: I do. I want to say this: um, freedom is earned. So if you want uh, if you want to be financial free freedom, you have to earn it. If you want to be free from uh, tyranny uh, that may be going on in your government or your state, you have to earn it. You have to go out there and do something. If you want to be free spiritually, if you want to be a speaker an author, a trainer, you want to have that free flow of information flowing through you, you have to earn it. You had you know, it's not something that's given to us. And, you know, I, I do believe, you know, a lot of our rights today are being, uh, being uh, challenged. They're not being taken away. They're just being challenged. But if you, if you don't go out and do what you need to do, and if you don't, uh, if, you, if you're not able to change your mind and change the understanding based on only one thing, it's called truth. It's not called opinions. It's not called um, what I want it to be. It's called reality. It's called truth. And if you are willing to be courageous and be the, be the truth seeker, whether it be in politics, in medicine, in business, in your personal life, with the relationships, if you're looking to be the truth seeker, then eventually, you know, you, I wrote a book years ago called Ask and You Will Succeed, right? A play on the words from Jesus, ask and you'll receive. You will receive that answer but you have to make you have to be courageous and a lot of us are being called to be courageous it's like enough is enough step into your power do what you think is right right now you know get get friends around you you know do what you need to do to earn your freedom and keep your freedom that's a, that's what I want to say one last thing i have a new book out it's called the courage to change everything daily strategies and essential wisdom to awaken your inner genius and if you want to find out how to awaken that inner genius and you want to be more courageous, I encourage you to get that book at courage to courage to And uh, you'll be glad you did.
1: And that has daily lessons, right? What is it, 365 uh, wisdom nuggets?
0: Yeah, you know, I I wrote the book uh, for today's time. Nobody has time to read a 400-page book. Uh, This book took me about six years to craft. I rewrote it three different times because I really wanted to make sure that it had the essential wisdom from around the world to help you to reprogram your thinking, reprogram those negative thoughts into positive thinking. And it's, uh, it's a daily guide. So every day you read a little bit. Uh, you you answer a few questions, and specifically it's built around that introspection model where you're interested in what, what's working, what's not working. I empower myself today, and I guide you on how to increase your courage step by step by step until you look back and you go, wow, all of a sudden i got this amazing life. What happened? Well, you stepped into your courage, and you learned how to tap into that inner genius that's there for you to learn how to do that. All you have to do is be willing to go, all right, let me get out of my comfort zone. Let me commit to doing reading this every day for the next 365 days. Imagine how your life will be better.
1: I love it. I love it. Now, last question, Ken. This is a personal question so people get to know you a little bit better. You're on an island for the rest of your natural life in the middle of the ocean. You can only take one book, one movie, and one album. What are they?
0: Wow. Well, I'm taking uh, The Courage to Change Everything as the book. Okay and uh the uh the album i'm taking oh my goodness i would say uh something with um that has amazing lyrics i don't know paul simon bob dylan uh uh yeah one of those guys that uh, has deep wisdom in their lyrics so i'm not sure what the name of it and what was the last question
1: uh last question would be movie the movie okay <laughs> probably superman <laughs> the original yeah the original That's it. Great. It's great answers, Ken. How do people get in touch with you in regards to your services and also listening to your podcast?
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Just go to kendfoster.com. You can um, sign up to even have a session with me there if you'd like. kendfoster.com. And you can listen to me on Voices of Courage uh, radio, TV, or podcast. uh, And uh, you. Tell Lexa Siri Cortana, play Voices of Courage podcast. It'll come right up. Google me. It'll come right up. Voices of Courage.
1: Fantastic, Ken. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for everything. Looking forward to to checking out the book and keeping in touch.
0: Hey, you know what? I just love this interview. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And
1: uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ken. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.